0: Sona, this was a very nice day today. It was. Because uh, over here at our headquarters, we got this great gift, Tillamook ice cream. I'm a monster for ice cream. I know you are too.
1: I want to take a bath in it and then I want to eat eat the eye in the eat the bath Wait, what? I want to like bathe in it, yeah. but then I want to eat it as I'm bathing
0: Yeah, it. yeah, that's a simple concept. You made it much more complicated. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fill a bathtub with Tillamook ice cream. I will get in it and then I will eat my way out. Yes, that's all okay, you need to do. okay. There we go.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, they yeah. They have
0: so many great it's such good ice cream and they have so many great flavors. I mean, just off the top of my head, I I don't know. Birthday cake, caramel swirl, banana split, caramel toffee crunch, chocolate chip, chocolate, chocolate chip cookie <laughs> dough. I think there's butter pecan, cookies and cream, french vanilla, with chocolate peanut butter. Malted moose shake, I think, is one. I can't remember too well. Mounted huckleberry, Tillamook mudslide, Marionberry pie, monster cookie, old-fashioned vanilla, Rocky Road, Oregon dark cherry, waffle cone swirl, peppermint bark. I'm, I don't, I'm just going off memory here. But <laughs> holiday sugar cookie, orange and cream. Anyway, so many great <laughs> flavors. And uh, just incredible. You know, they they really put, and they come in family-sized cartons. Mm. Also, you're in good hands with the Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products and the brand is farmer-owned and led by dairy experts. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. I'm gonna spell it for you. That's how much I care about this product. T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh. Yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries and I'm done with mine. And-
2: I feel, am I supposed to say something in the blank? Mm-hmm. Sexually excited about being Conan O'Brien's friend.
3: Fall is here, hear the yell Back to school, ring the bell Brand new shoes, Walking blues. Climb the fence, books and pens I can tell that we are gonna be friends Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends
0: Hello there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. This is the uh, podcast where (laughs) I scam people into uh, talking to me for an hour and uh, then try and turn that into a friendship. And it's actually kind of working for me. I got my team here, my posse <laughs> uh, why are you laughing at that? Sona, why can't I say posse?
1: I don't know. It just sounds wrong coming from you.
0: Okay. Well, Sona was just in here, part of my posse. Uh, and I got. Uh, doubling uh,
1: Matt, down on it.
0: Matt Gorley. Yeah, man, you're wearing sunglasses too. It really is. You, an know, what's, you know what's funny? I, uh, it was actually not really that funny. I didn't bring my glasses, and I do need glasses when I read. And so I realized that my, my sunglasses are prescription. So I'm putting them on just so I can look down and occasionally, you know, look at notes if I need notes.
3: And they're so dark, you look like a 30s blind man.
0: Yes, <laughs> I, and so I'm wearing these sunglasses right now and I I look like uh, the ultimate douche LaRue, but <laughs> I need them for the, it is not an affectation, I swear.
3: You look like someone in a blues movie from 1930s that plays the devil. Yeah.
0: <laughs> My name is... My name is Lou Cipher. Don't you love it when they, (laughs) Satan is posing as a human and then uses the phoniest. acronym or something for Satan? Yeah, my name's E-Vill. <laughs> what? Wait, are you Satan? Uh, yes. <laughs> what it, gave it away? What gave it away? <laughs> Good to meet you, my name is B.L. Zabub. Wait, B.L. Zabub. so you're Satan? <laughs> N- no, I'm just a businessman named no, B.L. Satan. you're Satan. Oh, you're fuck Satan. it, I'm Satan, all right, I <laughs> take your soul. Okay, I'm Satan, I want your soul. Uh, we got a great show today. Mm-hmm. That's very excited about it. uh happy, very happy to talk to this gentleman. Uh, today's guest is a fellow late night host, the namesake of his own show, Jimmy Kimmel Live. You're probably still wondering who it is.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> who could it be? You gotta be found. Well, we'll get there soon. No, I, I'm, I'm very happy. This is uh, someone, we run into each other a lot. We never get a chance to talk, but uh, thank God for podcasts because it's really the only way two white men can really communicate. So uh, happy to have you here. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy, how are you?
2: By the way, I feel like in full disclosure, I should say, I invited myself on this podcast. <laughs> you did.
0: The first person, you know, it's so funny because you were very kindly had uh, a few of us over to your house, beautiful house, uh, uh, Catalina Island. When he says us, he means
2: white people. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I thought that was awkward that the, the invitation said, come all white males. <laughs> Ye white males, yes. Uh, uh, no, it was a bunch of uh comedians, very funny people you had over to your house and a uh, beautiful house uh, in Catalina, mm-hmm. uh, geodesic <laughs> dome uh, <laughs> six hundred thousand square feet uh beautiful <laughs> place falcons flying around and you uh you had us, you had us over we had a nice time, and then afterwards i I think I sent you a, a message saying thank you for for um for having me over that was really lovely and then uh you replied uh sure and i'd love to do the podcast that's right i thought uh well of course and i thought you're the only guy who's who's asking to be on a podcast no (laughs) one wants to be on a
2: podcast (laughs) it depends on the podcast you know i just thought it would be fun we've not we don't know each other well and the times that we've spoken have been in groups and i thought it would be fun if we had a a one on one with all with your whole staff. Yes, <laughs> yes. This is the only way I talk
0: to anyone. When I when my wife wants to speak to me about our marriage, uh, you, I, I call her end. in and I have Sona and Gorilya, you know, here. You check
2: her levels before we do. We do.
0: <laughs> she's uh, she's she's doing. May well.
2: I tell a a story bef- about you before we begin this? Oh sure, go ahead. Go for so, it. so when I started watching David Letterman when I was a kid, uh, my great I found out that my grandfather. Also watched the show. He'd stay up almost all night every night, and he loved the show. And we bonded over that. We of course bonded because he was my grandfather. But my grandfather was the greatest. He was a very funny guy, and just uh, everyone loved him. So after Letterman moved, he started watching you, and he loved you in a in a similar way. And wait, at- your grandfather like old people hated me when I showed up. My grandfather was very hip. He loved you. Oh my god. And at the time I was doing morning radio. So I was getting up at like three o'clock in the morning. So I wasn't watching a lot of late night television at that time, but he would tell me that he, you know, he loved you and this and that anyway, he was in New York. He lived in Las Vegas and he was in New York visiting my cousins and he was at a restaurant in the city and you walked into this restaurant and you engaged him. He was wearing, my grandfather was more than a little nutty. He would, And nothing was garbage to him. He would – like my cousin Mickey was working at an optometrist's office, and she'd bring home, for whatever reason, a a box of eyeglass lenses. (laughs) And he would paint – Uh, birds or people, uh, sometimes David Letterman, sometimes you, on these eyeglass uh, lenses and then make them into earrings. Now, these weren't (laughs) (laughs) great. I was listening to this and I went, right, right. Like, right, (laughs) of course. No, this is completely, this is a a tumor or something. (laughs) Imagine uh, earrings shaped just like, they weren't ground down into a circle or anything. It was just the shape of an eyeglass lens. And he made, he always wore a bola tie. And he made a bowl tie with an eyeglass lens and you spotted it and you (laughs) asked him if he could if if you could have it and there was some you didn't really want it, but I I think he was willing to give it to you, but you wound (laughs) up not taking it. But then you sat and talked to him yeah, for according to my cousins, quite some time. This, uh, this, you know
0: what? This does line up with my personality,
2: <laughs> and this really was. Uh, I mean, we were all very excited about this. Well,
0: it's funny because uh, I, I do really enjoy, and when, you'll back me up on this, Sona. When I'm out in the world, I talk to people, and I and I go on uh, a long time, and I have thought. Maybe that's a nice part of my um, personality. It is a nice part of your well, personality. Well, then recently I've had people start to say, wow, you're needy.
1: <laughs> yes. That's also true. You can't
0: wait. That's the flip side, I guess, of it. I don't remember. You'd think I'd remember your grandfather with the, with the kooky tie. This was a spectacles. long time
2: ago. I mean, he's been- dead for 15 17 years I guess now I remember so.
0: predicting his death when I was talking to him
2: <laughs> it wouldn't have been difficult to, <laughs> to do within this. a month he I was think. probably 88 at the time but yeah,
0: yeah. I remembered saying So thank you for that on behalf of the family <laughs> that's how I end most conversations with people you haven't long you know <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it uh, That's always so, well you know this is an opportunity uh, I think for both of us because We're in this, it's a, it's a growing, uh, it's a, it's a growing club. It used to be there were very few late night shows and now there's many, many more. You must hate
2: that so much.
0: right. I mean. Well, you know, it's funny. uh, There was a time there where I thought I started to feel myself getting crusty and old, like, well, there's just too many. (laughs) I don't know who all these people are. And, uh, but then there's this point a couple of years ago where I thought it just went away. And I was like. I don't know what happened. And it sounds like I started smoking pot or something, which I didn't. I just got very like, oh, the more the merrier.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, My testosterone level fell. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I'm sure it took some of the specialness away from it. I mean, it, you know, uh, it must have, it had
0: I, to. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's pros and cons, but I What are the
2: pros of having other shows?
0: The pros is that it doesn't feel so falsely important. Ah, you, and, and what I'm saying that, is for me, there was this period, you know, in the nineties and into the two thousands where you could really almost convince yourself because of the grind and um, it's network television and people made such a big deal out of late night shows then that it could feel like you were sort of holding up the world. It could feel like you were supporting this burden and you had to keep it going. And, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel, and not in a bad way, I feel like I'm trying to make stuff that I enjoy, that I hope people will enjoy. And, but if I went away, uh, the world wouldn't really change. And it's a nicer feeling than, which I, what I think was a false feeling of the world would have been fine if I had gone away in 98, you know what I mean? But you had yourself convinced that no, I must keep 1235 to 135 <laughs> alive at NBC. Yeah. And I don't, I, I think that was, uh,
2: there's a lot of bullshit mythology surrounding yes. all of it. and Yes. And, and unearned reverence that you get just by, I mean, you know, Once I got a a late-night talk show, I was like, oh, well, this is a big deal. I think it's because – I don't know why it is. I think it's because of Johnny Carson and then David Letterman. Yes. And the fact that there were only two of them for such a long time. And anyone who tried to come at them failed. They fell by the waist. It seemed like a very, very special thing when really it's just a day part Well, the other thing is I do think – I think it is what you
0: make of it. So – i I have no regrets, and I'm like you, I feel really blessed that I've had the opportunity to do this. I really enjoy doing it, but at the same time, I do think that um, I always thought when the media turned late night into a giant sports battle, Clash of the Titans, I thought they were missing the point, so There was a time, you know, when it was the big, uh, you know, there was Carson and he was undefeated and he was the champ. And then he left and then it's Letterman Leno. And it's this, the battle between the two, you know, late night Titans. It's Godzilla and Mothra. And I thought, I never thought of comedy that way. It doesn't, it's not like who landed a body blow tonight on their show against the other host. It didn't make any sense to me. The whole thing felt they're very different if you like one or you like the other. And you and I both clearly were Letterman people. That was how we grew up. That was the sensibility that we admired. But I just thought, I don't think that helped Dave any. Because mm-hmm. I think maybe he bought a little bit into the, I must crush Jay. And I thought, I would listen I would listen to it and I'd think, no, 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 just be, be yourself, do your thing. I don't know, I sound like probably a, an old Zen hippie now, but- I didn't see the point of yes when when uh Mayweather fights somebody he really does do battle do you know what I mean yeah but when comedians <laughs> are doing talk shows, yeah. it doesn't translate into a battle, I
2: don't think. It it's just do we, your work or don't, you know. When I was in high school, I was in the band, you know, and we'd have these band competitions. And I always thought it felt weird that there was a band competition. And like, <laughs> well, this is, not the, this is not the football team, you know. It <laughs> right. like it's, it's music, right? I mean, it, it just seemed odd that we would have competitions. And then I got into radio. I, you know, I did 12 years of morning radio before doing anything on television. And so that um, kill or be killed mentality definitely made sense to me. That was what I knew, you know, and that was what happened in every market. And that's where the stakes are really high because you're in Seattle and if you get fired – you have to pack your things and move. There's yes. not another radio station for you to go to. Right. And so that's where things get kind of ugly. And, and yet you think the whole – you think your audience driving into work knows that there's this battle going on between you and the guys at 96.5 X, and they don't. <laughs> right. And they're not – they have no idea and they don't care. They just right. want to know what song's coming on.
0: I think it all boils down to – what helps you? And I think, I'm sure there are some comedians who are helped by the fact that I want to crush. I want to destroy that person. And that never helped me. It never- Me neither. It, it never helped me. I never looked at someone else and thought, um, the nicest thing I could say is if I saw someone else do something and thought, damn, I wish I had thought of that. That's a really funny idea. That, that was just, that's the highest compliment that I could pay them. There was no resentment. There was just like, damn, that was really good. Right. But I didn't then want to do that because they already thought of it. So there's no fun in doing something that somebody else did, and it's also wrong. And so, I, 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 so the competition of it all didn't resonate with me. I always thought the stuff that I really liked, that I've done in my career— has been stuff that later on people came up to me and said, yeah, I saw that. It was like quarter to one in the morning. I was 19. It was the one of the weirdest things I ever saw, but it meant something to me. And those are, those are the moments I kind of live for. I don't think that sketch defeated anybody that night. Right. I don't think we, I have no idea sometimes what they're talking about. Um, right. Because yeah. I've forgotten, yeah. But uh, but to me, it's just about making those connections. And I think sometimes that, that's the part I think the media can miss out on because they don't know how to write about that. They only know how to write who beat who. And they do it less now because I think it's so clear that everyone's doing their own thing.
2: Right. And there are so many different shows that it is- And let's be honest, there was genuine bad blood between Dave and Jay. I mean, it was real. It was- was Almost Shakespearean in a way. You know, Dave put Jay on his show and Jay became big because of the show. And CBS said, you know, Jay, if we don't get Dave, we'll hire you. It was all, it was really, it's like a movie. Oh, yeah. And then it was a movie. And then it was a movie, yeah. (laughs) Um, It was a movie uh, I've never seen, by the way. You know what? It's surprisingly good. It's called... uh, The Late Shift? The Late Shift. I read the book, but I never watched the movie.
0: The movie came out, and I watched it. I uh, very much wanted to be in it because I'm the character that comes in at the very end uh, and I wanted to be uh, played by a Belgian actress. Uh, I remember that being, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but no, I, 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 I'm not in the, I'm not in the movie, uh, <laughs> but um, it's, it's oddly, it's oddly good. It's better than, I mean, Bill Carter yeah. is a good writer. Yeah. And uh, it, the hard part is getting over. That's not David Letterman. It's a guy playing David Letterman, but he's not bad. And then the guy playing uh, Leno is, you know, leno
2: Yeah.
0: So, um
2: yeah. You have it. I don't know why I never... I, I You know, I probably just didn't... It was on HBO or something. I probably just didn't have HBO is the dumb reason why <laughs> I never saw it. I think of all the regrets you can have in life not watching <laughs> <laughs> the dramatized think, depiction... I mean, of, of all the movies to not see, that would be one you might uh, think I would have checked out. There's... I don't know. I, <laughs> I
0: still think Weekend at Bernie's 2, Yeah, where, where he's a zombie, is a, is a better use of your time. Um, but... Yeah. I, what's interesting is getting to, I mean, you know, a couple of times I've talked to you and on, this has stuck with me. I think several, on several occasions you've asked me, well, how long do you think you're going to do it for? <laughs> yeah, you and, so you're
2: like, how many times are you going to ask me? Yeah. That? <laughs> and
0: you, and you're always asking me how many times are you going to do it for? How long are you gonna do it for? And my honest answer is I'll do it as long as I'm having fun and then I'll do something else, but I want to keep making stuff. Oh,
2: you're having fun.
0: I am, actually, yeah. Oh, what is that like? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Uh, but you're having fun, aren't you?
2: Uh, I don't have fun doing anything I, I feel like I have to do. I, I don't know what it is about me, but it's a curse. And I I do have fun on occasion. I have glimmers of fun, but the relentlessness of the job yes, is- the relentlessness. Okay, well, let's talk about that. What if this is a job
0: you could walk away from when do you ever consider that? And if you
2: do- What scares you about doing that? Well, a few things scare me about it. Number one, the thing that scares me the most about it is I don't know how I will feel when I stop doing it. I I know myself well enough to know that um, I'll make the worst out of any situation. So I could see myself going, okay, that's it. I'm done. And then going home and going, what did did I do? And you can't really come back. I mean, there's no... You don't come back. It just doesn't work that way. And I think people have, I think that's happened. I've seen people do that. Right. And I think, you know, you know, people do that. And I just, uh, you know, that scares me. Well, first of all, the minute you say that, I think, I can think of
0: many uh, hosts and comics who, if they walked away from it, they'd be screwed because they're antisocial and they're narcissists and their whole life is built around this show and doing this show, even if it pains them. You are different. You are an incredibly gregarious guy who has a lot of other interests. You're like a, you're a great chef and cook and you you love to live life. You love to, you love to have fun. You love to make friends. So you don't really fit that mold. I see you having a really good time if you weren't doing the show. You don't seem, you're not the one that's going to like retire into a
2: dark room and go to a dark place, I don't think. Absolutely not. And I think you are right. And I I know that you're right. But also there's just that, what, what if, what if I stop doing it and then I just don't know what to do with myself.
0: Right, well, my goal today is to talk you off of
2: television. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I want you out because that's if a pretty- If anyone could do it, it's you. That's a pretty- uh, When uh, I ask you these questions- And then, and then I slide right in. <laughs> I'm looking for Codin's, guidance. Conan's on
2: ABC. You know, there was a time when ABC came to me and they said, hey, we, we just want you to know up front, we are, we're going to talk to Conan about replacing you. And um, I don't, we, They never did. We, we want to be up front with you I wish they had been up front with me. I love that. I'd like to have been in on that. I love that they never did. I love that they went to the lengths of telling me this. <laughs> oh, and, God. Did, and then never did. Right. Oh, my no, God. No, no. I, I, wow. I am, I
0: am <laughs> very aware of, uh, I had a. <laughs> I had. I had I one uh, opportunity when I was at NBC, a really strong push to go to Fox that was a real real right. thing. But that was it. And I, I didn't do it. I wanted, I wanted to stay uh, this <laughs> with is NBC so funny. because it makes well, me laugh sure. now, but I wanted to stay with NBC. Cause I was like, I want to have my whole career at NBC. They're family. Oh, <'cause> they, <laughs> well, they've been good to me and I'll stay with them. And then I also <laughs> wanted to be linked to my body of work. And then <laughs> cut to a couple of
2: years later, uh, a massive grenade going off. Um, but, that is so crazy. That is, I have to say, I'm like, I'm just taken aback by that because I assume that you spoke to them and then you decided no. that that was something that you didn't want no, to do. I had no, uh, f- you know, first of all, if I, why did they have to be so upfront with <laughs> me? <laughs> but also, God. you know oh, that, oh my
0: God. Y- you know, there's a really good <laughs> chance too that. It's in their DNA They love to screw with you They really do
2: The woman who said this to me Is a person that I am still friendly with And I I don't think she would do that With any kind of malice In fact, I think it was a painful phone call For her to make That's crazy What year was this? Maybe you you just didn't want to talk to them Maybe that's what happened. Um, I was probably was, busy with your grandfather. It was. <laughs> hey, Conan, there's a big call for you from ABC. <laughs> Quiet.
0: I'm talking to this guy who's, whose tie is made of spectacles, He's covered in eyeglasses.
2: <laughs> Tell them I'll call them later if I remember. <laughs> it was before. <laughs> it was before you made the de- you made the deal that you'd wait five years and then uh, take over. It was yeah. before that. Yeah, that's best deal I ever made. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's good that we can laugh about it now I'm oh, sure I actually oh, was sure. able to You can't see <laughs> I'm this I'm drenched in beer Because Jimmy just, <laughs> we shouldn't be drinking that was the, the This is the first time Thank we've you. had beer
0: uh, And uh, you're okay You didn't get that wet <laughs> No, I'm, I'm a little bit it well, was no, your, I'm, yeah, You know what's you know, it's odd? It's your headset uh, cord Thank you It was your headset cord, and you're the guy that spent 30 years in radio. (laughs) I know. You guys, you ever heard of wireless?
3: Yes.
2: Well, we like to do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, okay. The Um, yeast will begin to grow as I I get on the plane later today. (laughs) (laughs) It's always great when a yeasty smell is coming out of your crotch. At least it's from mine. Oh, that's my crotch
0: yeast.
1: (laughs) I farm that to make home brews.
0: Um, You know, I think also that there's this time in in a person's career especially in late night television i had it i'm sure you had it too where you're so vulnerable you know you're hanging on by a thread or even when the rest of the world thinks you're doing all right you think that you're just barely hanging on this is how, I'll, I'll i'm talking from my own experience i know i'm with you on I, this yeah. i always <laughs> felt um and, and I was told many times early on, 93, 94, we've got your replacement picked out. He's waiting in the wings. They would say this to you. I would know. Yeah, it would be, be, be made very clear. It was written about, I think it was Greg uh, Kinnear right, uh, for a while. And um, I mean, it's funny because this is one of the things I like to explore on this podcast a little bit. Is to be really honest about what somebody feels in a career versus what it looks like to your average person. And if anyone was taking a snapshot or just a couple snapshots of your career, to them it just looks like got into radio, you know, and uh, then radio, and then you're doing stuff on television. These these, and then you're doing more in TV, and then it's just this. It just looks like this smooth ride. to the top and they're not seeing
2: (laughs) they're not seeing eight months after i started and when i was praying the network would just cancel the show because i didn't have the temerity to 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 step away from it myself because i had so many people in my life working for me depending on me at least i thought at that time depending on me to keep them employed and I was doing – our show was five nights a week, and it was from 9.05 p.m. to 10.05 p.m. every night. And I was going through a divorce and custody battle. Yeah, we were talking about radio. This is the ABC show now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, this is the the late night show. And I just couldn't take it anymore. I would – like on the weekends, I would just go stand outside. I'd just go stand on the street because – I was working in the basement at our studio. We had, I had no windows in my office and ABC told me that I couldn't move upstairs because it would cost $50,000 to remodel it. And right. They, they didn't know whether we were going to be around. So they're like, screw you. You're not, you're not going upstairs until. <laughs> they said we- we're giving that office to Conan when he comes. <laughs> <laughs> He's here in a week. <laughs> More or less. And it was terrible. It was, it was one of the, weirdly, it should have been one of the high points of my life. It's one of the low points of my life. It was a, a time where, you know, no, I had no respect. It, it'd be 5 p.m. And, and we'd have no guest. And it would be like, all right, well, um, call Sarah Silverman and call Adam Carolla, you know, just call one of my friends to come right. to be on the show that night. And it was just in, so insanely stressful. And it's funny because you do look back on it. You go like, what was really stressful about it? I mean, no one was going to die, you know. Eh, know, But when you're in it, when you're in it and when it's your
0: uh, self-esteem and when it's your, you know, uh, when it's your career, um, you care so much. Yeah.
2: And. Norman Lear's book. Did you read Norman Lear's book by any chance? I did not, no. He, um, one week he was uh, in World War II. Um, shooting at Nazi planes. And then uh, three weeks later, the war was over and he was in an interview to try to get a job as a young publicity agent. And he was terrified yeah. sitting in that office. No, there's just, uh, crazy. I don't know.
0: I, I think the human body, I get fight or flight all the time. Uh, my fight or flight mechanism gets triggered and my body, which, you know, what we know about human evolution is that, we haven't changed much in the last 10, 15,000 years. So my body thinks I'm being attacked by another tribe. Uh, up in Northern Ireland and they're coming they coming Are you at, Irish? They're coming at, Yeah, just a little bit and they're coming at me with like sharpened potatoes to kill me but what I'm doing is I'm at a benefit and I don't like the sound of the room and I gotta go up there and the acoustics aren't good It's the same My body thinks it's the same and so I think there's just your, your <laughs> Sharpened
2: potatoes I hope that one day you write a book called Sharpened Potatoes it's, I'm working on it now.
0: (laughs) Sona, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh?
1: I don't know.
0: Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa
1: treatment? Where?
0: Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So, Sona, you are a lifelong California resident.
1: I'm a lifer. I love this place. This
0: is a beautiful state, gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. Isn't that incredible? That was a quick break. We had an amazing uh, break. I want to thank uh, Jimmy. Jimmy uh, not only booked himself on this show, which I thought <laughs> was very nice. Jimmy also brought uh, some of the best barbecue I've ever tasted. Oh. We should give those people a plug. You brought tons of barbecue.
2: APL restaurant on Hollywood and Vine here. It's a guy named Adam Perry Lang. and uh,
0: It's fantastic.
2: It is, it is just
0: great. I love it. And this leads into my, my next area I want to talk to you about. You, um, you feed people. And you love to feed people. And I it's, do. And it's this thing that's very nice. Uh, I, I don't disparage it in any way. And I, I joked to you in an email that clearly this comes from a
2: dark, dark place. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think it does, it's, but it's a very nice thing you do, but- I, I started I to think about it after you sent me that email and I think you're right. <laughs> I think there's some level of anxiety that uh, it helps me, you know, when I feed, you feed people, they accept you, right? I mean, that's like an right. automatic. Right. I right. mean, I made my kids who I hope- will eventually begin to accept me. Pancakes this morning. I made a pancake (laughs) shaped as a unicorn and a pancake (laughs) shaped as an airplane. My son is upset. with. And I love to cook. And I think part of it is because I do sometimes feel like I make nothing. The show, we put it on the air that night and it's gone. And I just don't have anything physical. And making food, cooking things feels like like you're doing something right. that is like something that would have been valuable 200 years ago. Yes, that's and-
0: when you meet these people like uh, a Dax Shepard or a Nick Offerman and they're these men that build things out of mahogany or they know how to, you know, they know how to like, I just built this engine from the ground up and I put it in this truck. Right. And now I'm taking it for a ride to go haul some rocks because I'm building a <laughs> wall. And you're, and you're just, I, I, I look at them and I think I- I can, I think, say randomly funny things on occasion, and we capture, we try and capture it on television, and uh, I kind of like to mess around on the guitar, and I think that's it. (laughs) I think that's all I, I think that's what I got. You don't have any other hobbies besides music? uh, I do, I, I you know what I am, is I love to, I mean, I don't even know if it counts as a hobby, but- I love to read. I like to try and know things uh, about, I love history. so It's probably a hobby. Is it a hobby? Can you say that reading is a hobby though? I don't know.
2: I think uh, technicality, yes, it is a hobby, but it's almost like, yeah, saying like, I love water, I like to drink. I know, it sounds like drinking water. It doesn't sound like a real hobby.
3: A hobby implies Uh, something you get better at. Have you gotten better at reading? Mm, Well, since you
0: were a child, sure.
3: uh, I
0: did, yeah. I did get better. I would say I probably peaked in 1971 (laughs) on the reading scale. So I don't know that I I got any better. But um, I like uh, uh, riding bikes. Uh, I mean, it all sounds pretty mundane. I don't
2: have... I really wish I could say. It sounds like what an eleven-year-old would be doing. Yes, all the things (laughs) I've learned to read. Yeah, and I ride my bike. Yeah, and I I like to make
0: bang on my guitar. I like to bang on my my little plastic guitar. And I like I like a nap. And I love my mom. I really love my mom. That's true. I think I've probably not really evolved much since then. But uh, but I think it's nice that you. Cook for people. Uh, I think that's a nice thing. Um, it's a nice instinct. I mean, the stuff you brought in today, you you purchased. Yes, but you are a
2: great cook. Would you call yourself a great cook? No, I wouldn't call myself a great cook. I mean, everyone who eats at my house calls me a great cook, but I know they're all full of shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's I, no, I'm good though. I'm as far as home cooks go. I'm I'm very. I'd say I'm very good. Right. I know what I'm doing, especially when it comes to grilling, smoking, and. um Italian food, pizzas also. I make a nice pizza. Uh, I love pizza. Pizza is
0: my Achilles' heel. Yeah. I once I started eating a pizza. That's another
2: hobby. Eating, eating pizza. pizza? Um, <laughs> See, that's I, where our hobbies can really yeah. match up. Yeah.
0: I uh, I was in. We shot a show in Italy, and we went to Naples to one of the reputedly the the best
2: right. pizza I know place that in place. Naples. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I went there with uh, our producer George Slansky. And we were supposed to be taping a segment and they put the pizza down in front of me and I started to eat it and I started to cry. (laughs) I really started to weep. The pizza was so, it was my, the favorite thing in the world was happening to me. I was eating this incredible pizza when the the crust is thin and it's been well-made. Do you do that kind of pizza?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. My pizza guru is a guy named Chris Bianco and he's got a restaurant in Phoenix and he the New York Times named him the best pizza maker in the United States and everyone in New York got very very upset. But See, he's from New York. But
0: look at this. Look at this. You've got all these friends. In, mm-hmm. just in, in, in talking to you in this conversation, you are I'll say something like, yeah, I ate a pear this morning. You go like, I know a guy who made, who grows the best pears. His name's oh, Bill yeah. Palmieri. He lives over in, <laughs> you know, Mudwater Gulch. He's got a restaurant called, you <laughs> know, Sabadaba Jones
2: and it just comes out of you. You've got a million friends. Those two guys, Adam and Chris Bianco are, are two of my best friends. And it's because, partly because. They do what I aspire to do. They are like Adam is, you know, when it comes to beef and cooking, you know, roasting a pig, there's nobody better than Adam. And when it comes to pizza, Italian food, there's nobody better than Chris. And I happen to love those guys personally. So I'm interested in learning from I like to learn from them. I really do. I I, and I always do learn something from watching them cook or helping them or really just cleaning up around them. Um, you have,
0: it's this thing that gets talked about every now and then. You're probably, you can, we can pass over it if you don't want to talk about it, but it's this thing that, I've always genitalia? Is that one you? I'm trying to get that out there. I don't know. Okay, let's get it out there. Yes, let's get that out there. I've heard about that a lot. Yeah. The second thing I've heard about- Oh, you've heard about that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Who told you about that? Oh, it's all over town. Did Sarah tell you? Oh, no. Well, Sarah tells a different story. Was it my ex-wife? No, she tells a different story, too. Or is it my current wife? Uh, No, she tells quite a different story. But anyway, it's all over town, the old big cockaroo. But I was- there, I'm all, you know, it was a couple of years ago, people were telling me, yeah, Jimmy does this thing where he, he eats a meal on Wednesday and then he doesn't eat any food <laughs> yeah. for March and April. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, he eats all he wants on Wednesday in, the, in late February. And then he doesn't eat anything in March and April. But then he has some ice cubes. But then he has a giant cannoli. that's as big as his house. And it, it all got like, it was clearly a game of telephone. But everyone had this crazy- It's not that
2: far off, by the way. Yeah, Everybody it is just a- sounded insane. And I thought- uh, It is insane. I've stopped doing it. At, but it works. What was it? It's, you know, now. And show, and I'm, if you're sick of talking about it, I don't no, I'm not sick of talking about it. Now there is a term for it, but there wasn't a term for it when I started doing it. I saw a BBC documentary mm-hmm. about this Indian man who, who will, like, go a month without eating. And the research that they've done about all the effects that it has on the brain, uh, re, you know, supposedly resets your body to fast. And for me, mostly I was like, all right, I'm fat. I want to lose weight. I also cannot control myself once I start eating, but I can control myself when I'm not eating. You know, if I decide I am not going to eat for 24 hours. It's
0: easier to say no to everything than to have some and not have some. So how long
2: would you not eat for? So on Mondays and Thursdays, I wouldn't eat. And then I'd eat as usual the rest of the week. And it, it was very effective. It worked. I mean, if you think about it, you're cutting like, you know, whatever, 7,000 calories out of your diet, whatever it was. Right. And, um. Would you work out as well or is it just. When I started working out is when it came to an end because I was just ravenously hungry. Right. Cause I that, changes do it anymore. It. Yeah. that changes it. That changes it.
0: Yeah, it was, it was this crazy game of telephone in Hollywood where everybody's always playing
2: different – Every know, commercial break to, was some w- a guy about my age asking me how I do it and will I write it down and send it to them. Right. And, and it was really funny. It became like a I, – I wish I was some kind of lifestyle guru because I probably <laughs> could have profited from this at some point point. My right. my plan is pretty simple. Just don't eat for two days. But. Yeah.
0: It all got, it got warped so much that I think tr- at one point I heard he doesn't shit. He only urinates. That's true. He did, uh, and it was like, ben but I was like, colors. how does that work? Yeah, exactly. And it was, oh, he had an operation. His anus was sealed. And you're like, but wait, what does that do? Oh, you'll see in India. It just, it gets all confused.
2: I feel like I was, I was lucky to like start out pretty fat, you know, and because it's funny too, because you can tell, who doesn't watch the show but people will look at me they're like wow you've lost weight you know like even like last week somebody's like wow look at how much weight you've lost and i think well really i've gained like 12 pounds over the last year or so but you obviously haven't seen me on television since you saw me on television you know in 2008 yeah well that's that's the other thing too. you i have that experience all the time where people will make a casual
0: comment and i'll think oh you read into it. <laughs> you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah. so you like it at NBC? And I'm like, that's, <laughs> okay,
2: that's that's 10 years. Uh, wow, it's been a while. For me, when people do that to me so frequently that I am very conscious of it when I never will bullshit somebody, like an actor or a director or whatever, when I haven't seen their thing. I won't just go, hey, great job with, with that because I have that fear That they will, that I am as transparent as they are when they do it to me. Right. And so so I just don't do it. Don't do, you don't, you don't say I liked it if you
0: didn't see it or, right. What I do, I don't know how you handle it. I have a code. you do. know my code? What is it? Yeah. Oh, people are, people are loving this. (laughs) People are loving this is my way of saying I didn't watch it or I watched it and I didn't like it, but- some You're people do like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I will say like, oh my God, people are loving this thing you did. And they so want it to go well. They'll go like, oh my God, yeah, no, this is, <laughs> people love uh, my new play, Donovan's Crutch, you know? And, and, <laughs> and but it's just, I say, yeah, people are, and you know what? Man, people have, people. there's a lot of buzz and it's a lot of that. And I never use the word I, because I don't want to lie.
2: I don't want to lie either, and so what I will usually do is I'll ask the producers on the show if they've seen it and what they thought, and if they say it's terrible, I just won't watch it. So that way, I yes. I just I haven't seen it yet, and that's my excuse for not complimenting it. Right, right. But I will never compliment it. Uh, maybe, it maybe it just – I'll start tap dancing every – once every 500 times, but uh, I won't compliment something if I haven't – if I didn't like it.
0: I should get Mario Van Peebles on the payroll and pay him to tell me that things are good so I can say, peoples love it. Oh and, and, it's oh, ju- no. and it's, but it's, wow. but technically, no. technically I
2: haven't lied. No. Well, and yes, that would be you have lied no. because his middle name isn't Van. It's his last name is Van Peebles. So if you were to start saying Van Peebles loves it. <laughs> but you know, know what I would? People in vans <laughs> love I, this? <laughs> I could swallow the van a little bit. Yeah. Swallow the van. i just be like, you know what? Van
0: Peebles loves it. <laughs> oh. And these, they're so, what do you mean? What are you owing for? I don't know. I
1: think you should leave. No.
0: <laughs> I have every right to be here. And I have- I don't like I it. have nine pounds of well, van rib, Peebles of likes rib it. meat. <laughs> you may not like me, but Van Peebles
2: loves uh,
1: me. Oh, no. I should leave. No, no.
2: No. Uh, yeah, I- um, uh, Yeah. Yeah. And the worst thing is when you like something and then the actor informs you during the commercial break that even though they were in it, they don't like it. Right. (laughs) And it makes you feel like an asshole. (laughs) Right. They're like – you like that, huh? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it was real good. And like, oh. I'm like, oh. like, <laughs> oh, Jesus, what did yeah. I stumble into here? The director didn't follow any of my <laughs> direction. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I find- uh, Then I go into triple time. I didn't know. I think it came out really good. I think, you know, like, you know it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it makes you feel small. My whole career has been to speak as
0: little about the project as possible. <laughs> to try and have as much funny stuff happen, and then at the very end- now, obviously yes. there are times where you're talking to you know, a huge star and like a Bradley Cooper and they've got a Star is Born, it's giant. And you, you spend a lot of time talking about it because it really is good. You really did like it. And it's, it's so you're sincere about all that. But there were so many times where I'm playing a game in my head of how long can I keep this person talking about and, and being entertaining and telling stories before I really quickly at the end get to... And you got a movie, yeah. And, and, and especially you,
2: when the transition is awkward, the movie is, you know, you're and so and you're oh, you're shooting in the Himalayas. Now you play a rapist in this, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> child rapist, yeah. And there's no, there's no way, yeah. <laughs> There's no way out. And you just have to just, just lift the energy and head, march into commercial. You, know, The thing to do is not try to make it clean. You it to just say something yeah. like,
0: man, I love balloons too. Rape! <laughs> what? Rape! You are a rapist in this film.
2: The harder the turn... I think sometimes the more shocking- That's a good tip. I'm going to try that. Just do that. Just do that. That'll be my transition work. Yeah. No, anyway, yeah. Huge, really
0: funny story about the time she lost the birthday cake, and then blind! What? Blind! You have. You are blind in this movie. Just upset them as much as you can. I wish you uh, internal peace. As someone who's been on a similar journey, I wish you- yeah. uh, I, I think in the last- Um, I talk about this sometimes on on this podcast, uh, but more and more I've just tried to say, did I like today? Did I make some stuff today that that I was proud of? Did I have a good time with my family when I got home? Did a podcast go well? Did I put something out there that I kind of like? It doesn't happen every day,
2: um, but if I can do that- it does, it's a good day. Yeah, it's a good day. Have you had shows where you put a lot into it? Like last night on our show, I know this is tape, so- this will uh, this will air four years from now. <laughs> four years ago, uh, when will, I was still doing this will the show. air after my death. <laughs> <laughs> we had a thing. We had um, uh, Tom Brady was on the show. He's right. never been on, and we went over to Matt Damon's house and threw a football through his front window, which right. was fun. It was funny, <laughs> and then the creators of Game of Thrones were on the show, and right. um, and I love that show, and I had a lot to ask them, and then. Jason Momoa showed up. He was on Game of Thrones and he just came with them. And it was kind of a surprise. I was like, I went home and I was like, well, that was kind of a a big show, you know? And I sometimes think about the people in the studio audience and I think – that must've been fun for them. You know, they got two surprise stars on, you know, it's one thing to see the people you're expecting to see, but then Matt Damon shows up and uh, Jason M- Aquaman shows up and it's like, you know, it's kind of a, a big deal. But then I, I go like, Oh, what do we have on Monday? It's like, Oh, we got nothing. <laughs> we have literally <laughs> nothing planned for Monday. Right. It's That's what it is. Refilling that hole over and
0: over again. Yeah. It is uh, it is feast and famine.
2: Man, this took a dark day. <laughs> <It really did. laughs> hey, I was know. worried that this, this conversation would uh, really eventually well. get to us just complaining about <laughs> our jobs. You never complain.
0: No, <laughs> I do. Griping. Uh, I, I, I think, yeah, I think we can't. Uh, that's the, the rule. I, I, I wish, I don't have a tattoo, but if I had a tattoo, I would, I would tattoo on my hand, don't complain. I would I, get mine of tattoo the Hervé Villachez
1: platform Why not Hervé
0: Villachez saying, don't complain. Oh, <laughs> Would you, are you, is this your don't way complain. of asking me to get matching tattoos? Don't complain, <laughs> don't um, compla-ti- see? Compla-ti- <laughs> see? complain. Don't complain, de-complain, oh, de-complain, I like that. See where
2: it goes?
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. You need um, to work on the
2: accent, but the, on paper, that was brilliant. <laughs> Well, that's how I got started, you know?
0: <laughs> I mean, I really should be handing this off to professionals, but uh, they all went away. Um, well, this was, uh, this was a joy. Uh, I know you don't have a show today. No show today, no. So you and I both have that. Our shoulders are dropped. When there's
2: no show, the shoulders are dropped. Oh, it makes me envious of everyone who works in our office that doesn't have to host the show. You know, we go into work and we'll work on Fridays, but- um when I leave on Thursday night and the crew says have a great weekend I always look at them like uh you have a great weekend I'm going to be I'm going to be taping bits to uh, tomorrow uh, yep. all day you know yeah, yeah 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 they
0: just I get very um I get very very it, it's it's funny I have a fantasy you just reminded me of it which is there are times where I've wanted to be a writer on my own show who doesn't have a bit on that day and I'm yes. just wandering around and because I can remember being at StarNot Live and not having a sketch on and just sort of hanging out that week and hanging out by the craft service table and and being in around the excitement but not feeling the pressure and yes. in, and, and being being kind of content and happy. And I've always thought I'd be such a different person if I was a writer on the, on, on my show. And I was just hanging around, making people laugh and then getting some nachos and then <laughs> taking off half an hour early. Cause no one's really paying attention. If I thought <laughs> like, that might be a good gig,
2: but yeah. the host would be an asshole. To me, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, well, this was really nice of you to come by. Uh, thank you for Jimmy, having me. Uh, this was a pleasure. That. It was very nice talking I'm to you. I'm enjoying
2: listening to the podcast. I've listened to a, a bunch of them and, uh, I wonder though, if there's any follow up. like, is this it or is this, our real w- friendships. You and I will or? never speak again. We'll never speak again. Okay. <laughs> this
0: is actually the the side note to this is that this is how friendships end. <laughs> <laughs> it's they, breaking up. Yeah, no. It's uh, you know, it's nice. I um, I do think I am. Since I say this sincerely, it's a really nice way to sit down and talk to people. It is. Yeah. And I, I, there have been people in my life that I've sat down with when Ben Stiller came on and we sat and we talked, it was the best conversation I've had with Ben Stiller in my life. And we've known each other off and on, but we're always working and we're always busy. And so we just got to sit and talk. And so it
2: was, it was very nice. I feel like, yeah, this is a good.
0: Well, well, that's why I wanted
2: to do it. Yeah. It it seemed like uh, it's, it's, it seemed positive. It seemed good for the country.
1: (laughs) Well,
2: I think the country's doing fine right now and I don't think it needs you're any, right doesn't need anything from me yeah yes why, this thing, why it's a, I put a shine on a Picasso yeah exactly <laughs> it's going so well
3: <laughs> let's just leave it alone Jimmy
0: Kimmel thank you so much for being here you're a good man thank you thanks for I'll shake me. your hand and thank you for bringing what looks to be $900 worth of meat and sorry I, I soaked your studio with beer <laughs> it's okay it uh, finally sounds like the frat house it
2: was always supposed to be <laughs>
0: You know, Scotty's cares about the environment and has strong values they stand behind. Plus, Scotty's facial tissues are super soft, strong and absorbent and easy on the wallet. Whether you've got allergies or just a case of the sniffles, stock up on Scotty's facial tissues so you can stop wiping your nose on your sleeve. Isn't that disgusting when people do that, Sona?
1: I just don't like that. No,
0: I don't like it either. I like I like to wipe my nose on your sleeve, Oh, but that's, not my sleeve. Yeah. Well,
1: my sleeve is made of Scotty's tissue, so that's- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder. That's a very cool fashion statement. Hey, and stop offering guests toilet paper to blow their nose into. That's disgusting. Hand them a Scotty's facial tissue. Instead, you can find Scotty's facial tissues that come in beautiful box designs Put one in every room. Why not make your guest feel like a king or queen? Hmm. If someone offers me a tissue, sometimes people say to me, Conan, would you like a tissue? I say, is it Scotties? And if it's not, I just swat it away.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Scotties is better at what counts. For more information, visit com.
3: Spring your trap, you murderous fiend Oh, this is not a trap okay. Occasionally we, as you know, take voicemails from listeners Who want to know something about you Or impart some comment that they have uh, want to say about the show Or your empire And I think that this one is really interesting Let's go ahead and play it
0: um. This is Carol, and I was calling you to uh, see if you could play bridge tomorrow, but I think
3: I must have the wrong number. Uh, Your number came up on my cell phone. So I don't think you meant to call me because I don't think
1: I know you. If you were calling me,
3: my number is 602-3-4. Thank
0: you. Well, they didn't respond. Carol, yes. This is Conan O'Brien, and I want to talk to you about playing bridge. So how do we make this happen? You can contact me at Warner Brothers Studios And my assistant, Sona, we've been trying to get in touch with you because I want to be your bridge partner. I don't know where you live. I will fly to you, whatever it takes. I don't know how to play bridge, but I will take several courses before I uh, arrive at your house and I'll be ready to go. What I do know about bridges, I think it's four people. Yeah. So um, I will bring, should I bring two other people or do you have, (laughs) is Gertrude coming? (laughs) And Estelle, are they in on this? Because the last thing I heard is Gertrude could do it, but Estelle can't do it because she had some bad egg salad, and so she's laid up for a little bit. So let me know. But Carol, yes, Conan O'Brien from Los Angeles, and I very much want to play bridge. And do you need me to bring anything? (laughs) I make a mean corn cobbler. Not many people, most people think that a cobbler has to be fruit. I'm one of those people who thinks, no, it can be corn, it can be bean, uh, it can be a fee cobbler, uh, it can have oregano, uh, chives, some cheddar, because it also has a CH sound. So let me know. Also, thank you for leaving your number. <laughs> How many people would be listening to this now, do we guess? Oh, Eventually. Yeah, a million. Yeah, a million, million people. Yeah. So, Carol, we're going to need more Fold-out chairs. A lot, of people,
3: <laughs> a lot of
0: people are going to be coming to watch us play Bridge. As many as a million people, uh, some diehard comedy fans, uh, some people that just like podcasts and have heard about the new Conan one that's sort of blowing up. We know Ben Stiller listens. He'll ben be there. Stiller will be yeah. there. He has a wheat allergy. Ben Stiller, he listens to the podcast. So he cannot have, I've heard about your famous grilled cheese sandwiches, but he will not be having one. So, Carol. Let's make this happen. Are you guys coming too? Sona, are you coming?
1: I'm. I'm definitely coming.
3: Okay, yeah. Gourley. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you play bridge, Gourley? You seem like a guy who would play bridge. That's. We were just talking about this. That I'm going to be taking some classes and learning bridge. Why? Because I feel like it's a dying game, and my grandparents used to play, but my parents don't. And I would love to bring it back. Right. Yeah. Do
1: you have to take classes to yeah, learn how it's, to play Yeah, it's, com- it's
3: incredibly complicated. There's really? different. I know there's different signals you send yeah. your partner. Bids and east, west, north, and south. Oh, well, that's just, I mean, those are just directions. No. This is like a— That's where you sit.
1: Bridge is like a white person thing.
0: I don't know anything about it, and I'm the white person in the room. So. I,
1: you don't, but like— I you don't know nothing, anything about it. Your aunt probably played. I don't know.
0: I don't know that my aunt did okay. because she was murdered. By a bridge. <laughs> oh, by, Lo- by actor Lloyd Bridges.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I love how quick and witty this is. You're so hip you're talking about bridge. And He's the one. Gorley has old Bakelite phones that were owned by Eisenhower. He wants to learn how to play bridge.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You probably want to smoke because you could then roll your own cigarettes. No. Right? No, now you're going go, too far. And then go wait for like, oh, I'm waiting for a taxi. Well, here's an Uber. No, I'm waiting for a vintage 19, late 40s taxi. <laughs> no. And while I'm waiting. No. What newspaper are you reading there, you Are you reading today's news? No. I'm reading the 1959 Dallas Tribune you telling me you wouldn't if
3: it was in front of you? I'd look it over. Yeah, i look at the Yeah, I yeah. know.
1: What are you talking yeah, about?
3: Yeah, I know. This guy's an old typewriter and a dictaphone, and who knows what I've up in his office. Dictap- I wish I had a dictaphone.
0: See? Now, Sona, take this down, see?
1: When you first got your typewriter, you would write out tasks for me on your typewriter, and it would take you a really long time. Okay. Yes. Instead of just are worth telling me.
0: Those are worth money. No, they're not. Oh, Those are typed boy. by Conan O'Brien. No. I wish I had a dictaphone right now, because I'd say, Sona, Sona, Conan here. Make sure you get a message to Carol about our bridge game. Make sure she knows that Ben Sutter has a wheat allergy, and he'll be joining us. <laughs>
3: you, just,
1: you did a whole riff on how he likes old things. Yeah. I just think that you really like old things. I do. Too. Yeah,
3: I do. And yet you don't like it in me, and I just wonder if that's projection of some yeah, kind.
1: Yeah, what's happening?
3: Well, you know, I um, I have some self-loathing.
0: Yeah. And when I look across the table and I see you, Gourley, Uh-huh. You I see you. a version of myself that forgot to work out. Zing! Oh. <laughs> now listen, gorley, Everyone oh knows God. that I'm a very muscular man.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I, for the sake of that
3: joke, I suddenly made myself a very muscular
1: guy. <laughs> <I know. What? laughs>
3: Sona, will you tag me out? I don't don't like the stare he's giving me right now. You came at me hard. Did I? I defended myself, you predator.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm on on Matt's side. I don't know what's happening, but I'm just on Matt's side. Which
0: predator? Am I the predator from the movies? The one that's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, make that sound again?
3: Hey, that's pretty oh, good. Oh, that's good. Hey, no, we found no, out what you do. No, don't. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to take that. Terrific. You're of it. That's
0: great. <laughs> no. No, I mean, we've it. been looking, and our no. national hunt is over. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our long national nightmare has ended. <laughs> Gorley uh, can do something, and it's the predator noise. Oh, I don't need to take Hooray, this. Hooray, balloons are coming down from uh, the ceiling. No. I no. knew one day would find it. No. La, 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 la. I wish this was a song, but <laughs> Gourley can do something. Ba, ba, ba,
1: ba. <sighs> a part of you wishes that he fired you, right? Yeah. That's how I am sometimes. Yeah, there yeah. is a bit of that. Where like... he's like, oh, fire, and you'll be like, Really? Now you know, let me like tell a you what I really of think. Yeah. Would you, do you
3: have a speech worked out?
1: Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah.
3: Maybe we should. You, <laughs> I love that you have a speech worked out.
1: <laughs> you <do> have
0: <laughs> no speech worked out. You know, I'm joking. I'm I just going to drop so. the mic and go. I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, trash the place. I don't have leave. the authority to fire either one of you. Yes, I really you don't do. think I do. Uh-huh. You
1: threatened to fire me.
0: Really? Yeah, but I don't. I don't have the power.
1: Y- yes you do. I don't. Once at once we were fighting you really got close to firing me. Yeah, but then I realized I can't.
0: I- you know you first of all you know everything. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, I, I I don't know how to get cash. I don't oh, know. I, you I don't meant know like my dark own. secrets Oh, she knows those too. Oh, but everyone, okay. I think those are pretty clear when you listen to the podcast. Yeah, but I don't know where things are. I don't know how to access anything in my life. It is. Yeah, I can't find I've, my. Wife I have most made of the time. you
1: very dependent on yes. me. Yeah. which is good. But yeah, no, it's gotten close. No, I don't
0: mm-hmm.
3: think it's gotten that close. It's sort of. Mm-hmm. At listen, the time, I will close. say this: you go, I go.
1: Oh, uh, same with you, Matt No,
3: I can't ask that of you No, you have I a longer history
1: not nah, mm, no
0: yeah. Look, none of this stuff is making it on It's going to end with the Predator thing Which is just a direct hit <laughs> That's the Death Star blowing up Oh, are
3: you kidding? That's right? the tip of the iceberg Yeah, this is
0: the medal ceremony later on Where Yoda gets a medal or something uh-huh. But the Death Star just blew up And now
3: you're just going No, Yoda wasn't in that one well he was well he was in that. One. No the first one? No, but it blew up in the third one too. That was a different Death Star. Yeah, Death Star was was Two. It? Yeah. But it had a different name. Oh my god. No, it didn't. Yeah it did. <laughs> no, it didn't. It did. It wasn't called the
0: you'd think they would just say Death Star Two. They had to put the ugliness of the first explosion
3: behind them. You don't say Death Star Two. But it does not have another name.
0: Yeah, it's Planetoid Nine Thousand. No, it, is, it not. is. Look it up. No, I actually, know you George look it Lucas. Up. No, I'm not going to let you. Go I know on George this one. Lucas, and it's Planetoid Nine Thousand. They didn't. The, the Federation is not going to go. Oh man, remember that Death Star? We spent nine years. Oh, building you mean Planetoid and, Eight Thousand, no, and it blew up. Yeah, Death Star. Yeah, well we've we've rebuilt another one. What are we calling it? Death Star 2. I'm not saying it's good. That's just what it is. No. Look it up. Actually, in the actual Star Wars lore, it's Planetoid 9000. No. You uh, two woman, are the probably- same
1: person. Sorry. What's that? You two are the same person. You and Matt. You have so many of the same interests. It's. I I've mean, never I, been
0: more different than anybody.
1: I don't agree. Mm. The things you guys can talk about. And I'm just like. Ridiculous.
0: Uh, no. I've never been more different than anyone than I am from Agor. I mean,
3: just look at our posture.
1: You guys <laughs> are sitting the same exact way.
0: Once again,
3: making a joke that doesn't make sense on a podcast. I knew Sona would explain it. Guys, listen, all of our
0: fighting is probably upsetting Carol. So let's You're not, right. let's not yeah. argue anymore. Good point. Carol is trying desperately to get me to play bridge with her, and let's just hope we make that happen. Carol, uh, hang on, I'm coming.
3: Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, with Sonam Sessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Special thanks to Jack White for the theme song. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and the show is engineered by Will Beckton. in association with Earwolf.